everybody for tuning in to Short Thing here on, it is December 28th, Warren Shore, Ryan Silva here with you. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app as well. That is going to be the Shore Thing. We'll have an episode on Thursday. Come out where we'll recap the Cotton Bowl. We're going to be at the Cotton Bowl. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Talk about what's going on there. I, th- I think they're only allowing 12,000 fans in. So we'll see how that is. Uh, we'll see what the media, what it's like for media and everything. I know everything's virtual afterwards, so you're there just to watch or cover the game, and then and then all the interviews are virtual, no like in normal where you can talk to a bunch of guys after the game, which is as expected. So we'll talk about that experience coming up on Thursday. Take a look ahead of the playoff games. We do have virtual access for the uh, Rose Bowl this year. Couldn't get the uh, couldn't get the in-game credentialed, so that's a little disappointing, I guess. But virtual access is uh, pretty cool uh, for that, so we'll talk about that as well today. We'll talk about a little NBA. Uh, obviously, the NFLs were down to the last week, and um, give out some bowl picks that we have uh, for the games up until uh, Thursday. So we'll do that. Ryan, how was the uh, first uh, Christmas as a father? It was good, man. Uh, you know, kind of everything as expected. Kid got super spoiled, uh, has more toys than he knows what to do with now. So, you know, it's pretty it's pretty cool to like see him like learn how to use the stuff. Um, so that's been, you know, pretty neat. Uh, but uh, yeah, just just about as expected. Like I say, he had a ton of stuff, um, just a bunch of just a bunch of toys and, and things like that. Um, but it was uh, it was fun. Was your worst fear that he's playing with the boxes more? Then the toys did that come to fruition? Uh, not really. Actually, he was pretty. He was pretty locked into all the. Di- I mean, he, he his attention span of going from one thing to the other was pretty. You know that that's kind of more so of what was happening. Uh, he'd pick up one thing and then he'd drop it, and then we'd hand him something else, and that would catch his attention for a few minutes, and then it was just kind of a never-ending cycle, things like that. But uh, no, he actually. He uh he didn't he didn't do that too much. He actually he he did you know we would tear a present and kind of let him kind of tear the rest of it open. He did that pretty well a couple times, uh, and then you know at that point he was really infatuated with the wrapping paper. But other than that, he uh he was super locked in on the actual the actual things we got him. That's good. That's good. What else did you do for uh, Chris? Did you go over? The in-laws, what, what else? Yeah, yeah. So we are, we always start off at my family's house early in the morning, like seven thirty-eight, um, and. Uh, open presents there, hang out there for a little bit. Then we went over to, to the in-laws and opened gifts from them. And then we hung out there most of the day, uh, had, you know, like a Christmas lunch, took a little nap, watched a little, watched the new wonder woman movie, which stunk. Uh, yeah, it's, it was bad. Um, but so yeah, that was, that was our, uh, that was our Christmas day. How about you? Oh, I worked. Um, as you know, um, shout out. <laughs> I'm not complaining, by the way. Like I, it's by saying that it was. Um, speaking of that, I have to put my work hours, and we'll do that later. Um, uh, yeah, I worked, and then I played golf, which was good. And then uh, went over to my parents' house after. But we had a family, my mom's side of the family. We had a Zoom at 1:30, right when we were in the middle of the uh, golf. When I was in the middle of the round. Mm. So uh, we just uh, did the Zoom while I was on the golf course. Right on. There you go. I mean, that's what, not much better place <laughs> than you can do it than right there. Nope. So I uh, would set up the – there were two other guys in the group. 
that we were playing with because it was caddies. They let us play. And I said, I was like, hey. Oh, so you weren't with Brian? No, my dad was not. No. Oh, no. I thought you. I thought you were uh, golfing with pops. So yeah, no, you it, was, could... it was a it was a Merido, a Merido yeah. day. Um, I, I could, I think I might have, um, uh, asked. He maybe they could have brought. I could have brought a guest, but it's you know it's so weird. Yeah, like we've been trying to get, uh, to get. We've been trying to get, um. Like a guest day out at Merido for a while, but uh, I know like the members have said like, "Hey, if you want your dad to come out and play, like they'll host him or whatever." Yeah, he would just be too nervous, or <laughs> it would be just be like just settle down. Like it wasn't need to, um, um, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like when you're a guest somewhere or something like that. Um, it is that. So no, he did not play. But I told the other guys, I was like, "Hey, at the beginning of the round, one o'clock, uh, family Zoom." So just <laughs> like, if you want me to, and I, and the thing is, I thought I had my. You remember the Cotton Bowl two years ago? They gave us like the wireless headphones or earbuds for a gift. Yeah, those are like always in my golf bag. I don't know where they are now. So <laughs> I, th- huh? That's it, of course. Of course. They're somewhere in my trunk or car or something. Like, I don't know. I was like, I thought I had those in there. That's when I would practice. I would wear them. And I was like, well, I was like, all right. I got. I think I have wireless headphones here. If not, I'll just like, you guys can go ahead of me or whatever. Like, no, we don't care. So I would like put it on mute when they would hit or whatever. And I, I'd put the volume like way down. And then when I was hitting, I would either have hold, I would have them hold the camera for them on the tee. So they could watch whatever they wanted to do that. And uh, then when I would get to an approach shot, I, I use a push cart and I would just set the phone up on the push cart in what I think was a good shot. Yeah. And then do that. There was something funny though on the green. I was like, hey, can someone hold this to watch the butt for them? And the one guy's like, I just made double bogey. I don't feel like holding this zoom <laughs> camera right now. <laughs> And my other buddy, Mike, had no interest in holding the phone at all. Like, he had no interest. So I put it uh, in the hole, like, or rested it up against the flag. Uh, And it was a birdie putt, and I made the birdie putt. There you go. But the the thing is, and I'm like, I like made and everything, and I'm like going like, oh my god, this is an electric moment, birdie on the zoomer. It was like a 25 footer, about a foot and a half, a right to left break, and they're like. They're like, did you make it? We just saw the ball disappear. I'm like, the, the phone was resting up against the flagstick. Like, how did you not see that? I'm going to see it go in the hole. I'm like, all right, whatever. Yes, it went in. It went in. Um, but, uh, yeah, then I went over to my parents' house after. But the, uh, I would say peak war and peak 2020 is uh, golfing on a Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like it. That is that is peak Warren, whether uh, it's. Whether it's a work meeting or a family Zoom meeting. <laughs> I have not taken a work meeting on the golf course. Really? No, I did it in the car once when I was driving. I thought for some reason there was a couple times. I was on the golf golf course, but not in the meeting. Because I was caddying. Yeah, I was thinking. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. I said I couldn't. I missed it because I was caddying. Right on. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, shoot. Some of the guys in the group said, hey, if you want to take it, you could take it. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. Um. But yeah, no, I was caddying for that one. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it was pretty uh, 
pretty chill Christmas. Right on. Yeah. Same. Same. The uh, do you? I don't. Do you have like a family tradition, like watching a movie on Christmas Eve or whatever? Right? Yeah. So so uh, pre-COVID, um, the uh, the well, it's it's been more so. It's it's Jamie's family tradition that they've now included me in. And it's it I was so yeah <laughs> yeah it was uh it so usually they go to the movie to actual movie theater every Christmas they have a okay. Christmas day movie and so uh, that. yeah yeah so that's usually what we do with her family um, as far as my family not really um, when I still lived at home um, my mom would like give us all an ornament for that year and we'd open that on Christmas Eve uh, you know it'd be like something that had to do with that year and it would have uh, 20 you know whatever year it was like when I got yeah. my driver's license you know uh, I got an ornament that looked like a, a license when I turned 21 I think she got me like a beer mug or something like that so that was that was uh, the tradition when I lived when I lived at home but now that um, now that I'm gone, they don't really – I'm not a part of that anymore. They still do it with my brothers and sister, but uh, yeah, I'm not a part of that one anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. We usually watched Christmas, or Elf on Christmas Eve. Okay. My sister stayed in D.C. this year, so we tried it over Zoom. We had our camera facing the uh, TV or whatever. That lasted mm. for about a half hour. <laughs> and my sister was like, this is kind of dumb. <laughs> um, so he just chatted on Zoom, but it wasn't a. It was a. It was worth the uh, try, right? But uh, it was. She was like, yeah, yeah. You know what? We're whatever. Yeah. Um. So that was that. All right, we'll get into the NFL uh, weekend here before we get into some bowl picks for you. Cowboys alive in the playoff race still, as they are thirty-seven seventeen winners against uh the dallas cowboys and first is cd lamb like the ultimate touchdown garbage time like vulture think this so year? yeah this year big time yeah he uh he'll put up those fantasy numbers for you uh whether it's a blowout one way or the other at least the last two weeks for sure yeah because he had the uh the recovery on site or he returned the onside kick for a touchdown and then yesterday he had the reverse that went for uh, a touchdown. And after they got off to another slow start, kind of been the trend for the Cowboys this whole year, down 14-3, they come back and uh, win 37-17, stay alive in the division, the only chance they have to make the playoffs because Washington lost yesterday, eliminated the Eagles from the playoffs, and now sets up a meeting with the Cowboys and Giants next week. That game is at noon, I think. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, at noon. And then they'll have to wait around for Washington on Sunday night, the winner of that one, to see if they will make the uh, if they will make the playoffs on that if Washington happens to lose. But the offense, I mean, the offense, Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, whoever's in charge has to get a lot of credit because they put up 30, 41, and 37 points, albeit against pretty poor defenses. The last three weeks, but hey, you still got to score some points, and they have been doing that the last three weeks on this winning streak. Yeah, they have, and they've been doing it both uh, on the ground and through the air. Um, last week, it was Tony Pollard kind of taking over, obviously, because Zeke was out. Zeke puts up 100 yards uh, this week, um, so they, you know they, they've been they've had a pretty balanced attack for the most part. Um, you know, as far as throwing and, and running the ball, they, they ran the ball a few more times than, than they threw, but still a very balanced attack for the Cowboys. And I think that's where they 
work best is, you know, set up the run. And then if, if Zeke is going, you know, then, then that opens up the middle of the field and the sidelines for, uh, for those, you know, those big three wide receivers to get open. And all three of them had big days, Gallup, Cooper, and Lamb. Uh, Cooper gets 121 yards, doesn't get in the end zone, but Gallup gets two tutties along with 121 yards himself. Uh, so I think the more balanced they are, the better this defense, excuse me, the better this offense is. And uh, when they become one-dimensional, they're very, very easy to beat. And yesterday we saw, you know, like I said, they they got they got uh, both the ground and the air game working, and they were able to put up plenty of points. Obviously, the turnovers by uh, by uh, uh, Jalen Hurts helped the case quite a bit, but uh, still, I mean, you, like you said, you still got in the end, still still got to get in the end zone, still got to put up points, and they did that. Yeah, I thought I did not think that was a fumble by Hurts. It wasn't. I don't think it was there's, either. There's no way that was a fumble. The ball was still in his arms when his knee hit the ground. Um, officiating yesterday was bad. We could get to that, uh, all around the league, all around um, the league, all around all the NFC East, huh? All around the NFC East. They're not just around the NFC East. It was bad everywhere. Um, but the, the, the Eagles defense is just, is bad. Um, and hurts. I don't even know what to make of his game yesterday. I thought he was, I thought he played fine, but he was, he was definitely forcing stuff. Yeah. I think Hero the funniest, ball. huh? Hero ball. Yeah, which I guess sometimes you have to do. But I also thought the funniest stat line of the day in the game has to be Deshaun Jackson. One target, one catch, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Yep. Like, don't you think you know you might want to throw it to Deshaun again? Um, Give him another target after he just broke the top off and he's back. But, um, yeah, that... I don't really. The Eagles are just bad. That the secondary, they have a ton of injuries. I think they're what they're rolling on like their sixth string corner or something. I mean, they're after Darius Slay. They're just they have nothing on the other side. They're just they're just a bad team all around. Just hampered by injuries and and things along that. But the Cowboys are. You have to say the Cowboys are playing the best in the NFC East right now. The Giants have lost three in a row. They don't look like themselves at all. Washington without Alex Smith is not very good. Um, and I think Heineke is going to start this week. They just said now if uh, Alex Smith is out again, and we get to the Alex Smith story in a little bit, but the Cowboys' chances to make the playoffs, is, I think they said on NBC last night, like 23%. But I think um, it's better than that. I think it's, I think it's, a, I think it's, it's I think 50 it's, 50. Yeah, I think it's, I think they're going to beat the Giants and, I think that wa- the Eagles Washington game is a toss up uh, out there. So I think they got a good chance to make the playoffs. No, I agree. I agree very, you know, wholeheartedly of, you know, especially <clears throat> watching uh Washington play the last couple weeks. Obviously with it being Dwayne Haskins back there and he just he he's not even just bad at football. He's just <laughs> incompetent at sometimes. Like he's just incompetent and like like the the plays he doesn't make or the plays that he tries to that he tries to make, it's just like, what are you doing out there? Just boneheaded. Um, but like you said, they're the Cowboys are absolutely playing the best football of anybody in that division right now. So uh, you know, we shall see how how things play out next Sunday. But uh, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan or on that Cowboys team, you gotta be feeling pretty good about your chances to to make make it to the playoffs. And if they keep playing well, I mean, shoot, you know, I don't know who they'll be playing first round. It looks like possibly uh um, who was, it? I was just looking at it. Uh, you know, uh, um, not Seattle, but, uh, the, no. you know, they, they have the, the, the possibility of the, the bucks, the Rams, the bears, some I think kind it's of the bucks. Yeah. 
some kind of uh, which you know if they're playing the Bucks, the Bucks are playing pretty good right now. Uh, at least they had. I mean, obviously playing against an interim interim coach and a banged up team in the Lions. You're going to be a team that didn't want to play. But I mean, still, you look at you look at the Bucks last three games. They put up 26, 31, and forty seven points. Uh, you know, I I don't think the Cowboys defense could stop them from scoring. The offense does look like they may be able to keep up with them as long as they're playing. You know, keep playing their game that they are right now. But uh, you know that would be a tough matchup. So you still got to feel pretty good about at least getting into the playoffs. And then you, if you do that, I think losing Dak early in the season, as you did the, the way you started off the season, you got to count that as a as a as a positive and and feel pretty good about it going into next year, uh, knowing that you're going to be getting a healthy Dak back in and some of these other pieces. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild ride. The NFC East always is a wild ride. It seems like every year it comes down to this Week 17 game, uh, these division games. But uh, yeah, it's 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 gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. But it, it like doesn't so everyone early on in the season was like, oh man, McCarthy, he's bad. He's a bad coach. He's a bad coach. He's not right for the job. We want him uh, to be fired and all this. But like, doesn't this show that he's done a good job coaching the team? Is after the Baltimore game, they given up two ninety four on the ground and. Um, you're like, man, this defense, they just lost two in a row. Then they rattle off a nice win against them, but they rattle off three in a row and they're finding themselves in, in the division. Like the guys haven't quit on him. He's got them to play hard. And I think like for everybody saying like, man, this is everybody trashing McCarthy. Like, I think you got to give him some credit for how he's coached this team. I think you got to give him credit for uh, smashing watermelons. Yes, I think that's what it boils down to. The guy just knows how to how to take a sledgehammer to a watermelon. Your mic cut out, Ryan. Uh oh. Now you're back. Now you're back. Back. Okay. Gotta love. Uh, gotta love these. This mic I'm working with. Uh, just the slightest little repositioning in the wire just falls out. <laughs> um. Shout out iHeartMedia. But uh, <clears throat> no, but uh, through a little wrinkle in the watermelon game this week, he smashes watermelon. What comes out? Not watermelon chunks, but candy. That's all it takes. It's all it takes to motivate these Cowboys. So, uh, you know, like you said, he, he's gotten them to play. He's gotten them to keep continuing to buy in. Um, and uh, the defense has looked a little bit better. You know, it's still not not uh, not the greatest defense in the world, but it's, it's, it's doing enough to get them by and get them to, uh, uh, you know, get them some victories. But yeah, you're absolutely right. As far as as far as motivation and and keeping these guys to buy in, you know, in game situations, you could probably say that still needs some work. But at the same time, he really hasn't had to make any big time decisions the last few games because they're up, and uh, you know, it's it's not really coming down to that. Yeah, what do you think about the whole? Uh, so now the Boise State job is open, and rumors are swirling that Kellen Moore might be the favorite for that job. I don't know if he said he has any interest, but. How do you? I, he's obviously calling the plays. McCarthy's not. Obviously, it looks like he has some input. But how do you, how do you think that would affect the Cowboys? Say next year, Kellen Moore leaves. Mike McCarthy bringing Buddy Buddy uh, to himself. Like seems like he's done a nice job delegating the offense. And maybe like I don't think the Cowboys would want Kellen Moore to go take that Boise State gig. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I don't think they'd be. I don't think they would be heartbroken if if he left. Um, you know, I, I, 
I, I have full faith in Mike McCarthy to be able to either a pick his own guy to bring in or B take over the responsibility of, of calling this, this offense. And so I, you know, I, like I said, will will they, it's not like fan, uh, Cowboy fans are clamoring for, for Kellen Moore to leave, but I don't think it'll be that big of a deal if, if he does leave either. Well, the main thing is, is why should I trust McCarthy in hiring a good coordinator when his defensive guy was his buddy, Mike Nolan, who, the last time he was a defensive coordinator, had the worst defense in the league. Yeah, and, no, I mean, that's a very fair and point. And he started off with the defense having the worst defense of the league. And, I mean, yeah, they played great in the second half yesterday against the Eagles. They didn't allow a single point. But I think everyone thinks Mike Nolan is going to be gone at the end of the year, when whenever the end of the year is. So why should I have confidence in McCarthy that he's going to think outside the box or – Look to someone that isn't one of his friends to be a coordinator. No, I mean that's a very fair point, and I think it's 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 a fair question. Uh, you know, no doubt. But I just, you know, maybe he. It's tough to say for a guy like this because you know they, they what the old saying is: tigers and change its stripes or whatever. Um, but I, you know, you would hope that he kind of learned from that mistake and was like, "Look, I got to go with the guy that's best for the job, not just you know the guy that I'm friends with." Um, so, it, like I said, it is a fair point, it is a fair question, but I, I think if if you are a Cowboys fan, you have to try to trust this this grown man to put the right guy in the spot and not just his BFFs. Yeah, I guess so, but I think we have a track record, or at least a one season track record. Yeah, uh, as that, and also too next week. Yeah, a lot of money on the line for Andy Dalton. He's got the million-dollar bonus um, if the Cowboys make the playoffs. And he played 50% of the snaps, and I think he's played 50% of the snaps uh, of the season. So a big um, – we have a big uh, a big day for the Dalton family next week, and Andy Dalton himself, if you get the uh, – Extra million dollars, so maybe once again his luggage won't get lost at the high five. <laughs> I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and work that in every week. All right. It's like Stu Gotts on the Levitard show. At the end of his weekend observations, says our Bryles is in hell. Tries to figure out a new way to say it every week. I'm gonna try and do that with uh, Andy Dalton and the luggage whenever he's brought up. <laughs> okay, we'll be on the lookout for that. We'll be sitting on the edge of our seats. <laughs> you should be. Uh, with that, all right, so the Giants run the NFC East, as we kind of said. It comes down to three teams left. Washington game got flexed into Sunday night. I was kind of surprised they flexed that to Sunday night, but I guess the NBC and the NFL loves the NFC East. They get the big TV ratings. I thought they were going to go with uh, Arizona and uh, L.A., the Rams, because that's a truly, like, both teams are winning their end. The other team is out. Um, if they lose, I think the Cardinals are out too, even if the bears lose. Um, so I'm surprised they didn't go with that, but that's what it is. What do you, uh, it doesn't sound like you're too high on Washington. Yeah. just way too many question marks right now. Um, I watched, I, I subjected myself as well as my son to that full, slow, painful death yesterday. Uh, just so that he kind of gets, you know, learns at a young age on how to deal with stuff like that. Um, but Taylor Heineke, when he came in, I mean, he looked good. Uh, was making the right reads, you know, may, wasn't forcing anything. He, he, if, if nothing was there, he was able to take off and run. So I feel better about him starting back there than Dwayne Haskins for sure. Uh, obviously I want Alex Smith back there, but at the same time, if he's not healthy, we saw uh, a couple weeks ago against Seattle when that calf isn't right, how inaccurate he is. 
So, uh, you know, a lot of question marks around Washington right now. It's a all 100% on that offense. We didn't have Terry McLaurin yesterday. Uh, Antonio Gibson was back and had a strong game. But if, you know, if, if we don't know who's playing quarterback. We don't know if our top wide receiver slash playmaker is going to be in. Uh, and uh, the Eagles, you know, you can say they don't have anything to play for. They would love to play spoiler. You know, 1,000% they'd love to play spoiler. So they're going to be playing hard. I still think we'll probably get their best shot. And uh, and Jalen Hurts is he's still trying to prove that he he deserves sure. a starting job, so he's going to go out there and try and ball out. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it was uh, it, you know, like I said, I'm I'm not super high on them. I I would I will, will not be surprised if we go out on prime time and just get our doors absolutely blown off because that's just what Washington does. And um, uh, you know, I, I don't see why that would change now. But uh, it's yeah, it's gonna be it's like I said, it's gonna be a wild ride. We'll 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 see how it plays out. But as as it stands right now, pessimistic Ryan is in full effect. Um, <laughs> the Alex Smith injury, the calf injury, is pretty uh, interesting. Or it doesn't seem like it's a good calf injury because. What I read yesterday is that some of the muscle from his left leg, this is the calf to his bad leg, right? Yes. So they took some of the muscle from the left leg and put it to the calf on the right leg. So they're trying, I guess, I don't know. They're like, that's part of the reason why they're worried about the strength of the muscle or with the strain. So what it is, is yeah, he, well, it's so it's from, from the leg that he broke. Is yeah. the, it's where he, the 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 same calf that is strained, and he lost a good portion of that calf muscle because of the infection. And so, what the issue is is he can't flex his foot. Like if you try to point yeah. your toes out, he can't do that. Uh, he, he he can he can point his toes like if you try to stick your leg out and point your toes to your nose. He can do that, but he can't push it out. Uh, or excuse me, no, that's the opposite. He can't push it out. He can't bring it to his to his. He, you know, he can't point it up. And so the brace that he wears, it's like this steel plate that's almost like a like a pedal that makes his foot go back up. Like it it, it actually forces it to go back up. Um, so yeah, that's the issue there. Is like he just doesn't have any really any calf muscle in that leg. And then when you strain that calf muscle already, on top of that, it's just it, you know it, it takes twice as long to uh, to get back to normal. And so it's yeah, it's it's a it's a messy it's a messy ride right now for uh, for old Peg Leg Smith. Probably should be time to hang it up then. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's what seriously. If that's too. going on, like when I read that, I was like, you know what? Should be probably time to, you know, just hang it up. I know you want to play. You did. You don't need to prove anything to everybody else. You came back and were a competent quarterback, um, and won some games. But why don't you just enjoy the family time and the rest of your life? You don't want to have maybe have your leg amputated if something horrific happens or something. Oh no, absolutely. I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, you know, if, if this is his last year, you know, everyone's going to tip their hat to him and say, Hey, great job. You know, you did it. You proved you could come back and play, but let's go ahead and, and pack it up and, and call it a career. Um, and, uh, and I don't, like I said, I don't think anybody would fault him for that, but it's from, from what the, all the words that always come out of Washington camp is that he's just the ultimate competitor and the ultimate grinder, which is, you know, Everybody in the NFL pretty much is, you know, that's, that's not what they always say is he's the ultimate competitor and he wants to win and he wants to play. So, uh, you know, that, I think that's going to have a factor on if he, if he decides to come back or not. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see, uh, what goes on there. All right. Elsewhere around the NFL, uh, all the officiating, 
We said that. The officiating, I thought, was horrible around the NFL all day yesterday. I would agree. There was the, uh, as we already mentioned, the Jalen Hurts. They said he fumbled it. Didn't really think he fumbled it. And then they reviewed it, and then they said it was still a fumble. Yep. Uh, Then in the Sunday night game, it was uh, Aaron Jones stepped out of bounds at, what, the 43-yard line, made it all the way down to the 7. The referee was looking right at it. I guess I get there was snow on the field. I get it, but they had the sidelines all cleared and everything. Maybe you could see whatever. That was a bad call. Then I didn't hate that call because I had Aaron Jones over 72 and a half yards. And that, that put helped. A, yeah, that, that, that put us over 75. So, okay, nice. But, uh, both of us succumbed to the uh, quick whistle on a fumble yesterday. <sighs> yeah. Uh, the Mike Davis one for you. And then the Sam Darnold, miles Garrett strip sack. I think it was in the second quarter. Um, uh, both of us got the quick whistle as the ball's lying around. They just blow the whistle dead. And, uh, yeah, just a, just a disaster. Well, what made the Mike Davis one even worse for uh, Washington was earlier in the game, in the first quarter, there was a what they called was a fumble. It was an incomplete pass, uh, by my assertion, by Dwayne Haskins. But they didn't blow the whistle. They let it play out. And so uh, – Carolina scoops it up and takes it the other way, whereas this one was blown dead almost immediately. It and, was, and uh, and even uh, it might have been Ron Rivera or or uh, or Jack Del Rio was over complaining to the refs, and they're like, "That's a quicker whistle than what quarterbacks usually get." Like, why were you so quick on that? So it, you know, it, the fact that it was, you know, that it, I wouldn't have been as bad that Mike Davis fumble if the first play doesn't happen, but because they let that one play out and they don't let this one play out, that's what makes it more egregious and, and, and even worse. Yeah, I I mean, I was watching that live. I thought it was – it's just the inconsistencies, like it, you said. The inconsistencies in game. Like, yes, you know, like yes. week to week, like whatever. It is what it is. Like, or you know, even in the game element. throughout the – like different crews do different stuff, whatever. Right. But when it's, but when it's that inconsistent <laughs> by the same crew, like, you know, minutes apart, it's – that's when it's really like, are you – you got to be kidding me. The, I mean, terrible, terrible. Uh, full disclosure, Ryan, I did not watch the Browns yesterday. Really? I went to, I caddied instead. I got requested. Okay. Well, you know, I, I was watching, uh, on red zone and yeah. I actually didn't flip over to the Washington game until that game was over because I had to, uh, I wanted to see how it played out and I wanted to text you and just be like, buddy, like, how you doing over there? And, you know, just <laughs> check on you a little bit. Uh, cause I didn't know if you were, if, you know, I didn't know you were catting. I don't know if maybe you're with Brian or what. If oh, you were, I heard it was, watch. it was bad over there. Yeah. I figured, I didn't know if, <laughs> you know, if we, we, uh, you know, had the hotline on speed dial or what, but so, so I, I was like, I was like, you know, I'll let it be. Cause I know if, if this was happening to me, I wouldn't want anybody texting me and it wouldn't be like a nanny, nanny boo, but like, Hey man, how are things going over there? Uh, but, uh, so yeah, I, uh, it, like I said, it was, it was t- tough going for y'all. Well, so here's what happened. So we have, we have Sunday ticket this year. Yeah. Um. So I was like, all right, if the game's close, I'll put it on my phone and I'll watch it like in my bib. Uh huh. Um, in my caddy bib, like I I have a way. There's like a water bottle, and the way I can rest it on there, I can I can watch it. And then we're four caddying, so it's not. Um. It's not a big deal. So then the one of the guys at Cadbury goes, "What's he goes? How are the Browns doing?" I go, "Oh, they're down like fourteen to three. It doesn't. They're thirteen to three. I was like, doesn't 
all, all indications from people watching the game, it seems like a total just debacle. Like, mm-hmm. um, can't run the ball. The whole, the whole receivers is. I, I, I truly believe if we had Jarvis Landry and Rashad Higgins, not even Donovan Peoples Jones and Cotterell Hodge, we win the game. Mm-hmm. Just give us two. Even if you give us Peoples Jones and Hodge, I still think the Browns win the game. Mm-hmm. If we just all four of them out was just too much, just, just too much. It's that's well, the, it's not too much. And then we got the third string guard. You got the starting left tackle out. And I get my cousin just said Nick Harris just got obliterated in the first half. Like couldn't they couldn't even run the ball. Um, be, and the thing, too, is so I thought it was so funny on Saturday night when they come out with the uh, with the oh, the Browns are going to be excuse me without their four receivers so they'll, they'll they'll just have to run the ball like like the jets aren't smart enough to put nine guys in the box like greg williams is not the defensive coordinator there the defensive coordinator is not going to do something stupid like what do you think they're going to do they're going to just let you run all over them like how dumb do you have to be like oh we'll just have to run the ball run the ball guess what they're going to make you throw the ball with these guys uh-huh. um but so starting at uh it was on hole 13, so this was probably with four minutes to go in the third quarter, I put the game on red zone on the bib just to see how things were going. And I watched it the rest of the way, and they moved the ball right down the field. And I was like, man, I'm going to want they're, – they're up 14 nothing since I've been watching. This is going to be a great comeback. And then when Cody Parkey missed another extra point, I was like, oh, maybe it's not in the card. <laughs> and then I was like, well – and then when Baker fumbled, I was like, damn, it's really not in the cards. And then they got a field goal. I was like, oh, you know what? Let me turn this back on. And then when the Jets kicked it out of bounds, I was like, we need to go for two if we score a touchdown. Um, and then Baker fumbled. I saw people, a lot of people complaining that because Kareem Hunt picked up that fumble and advanced it for a first down. A lot of people were complaining about the rule on that. I was like, what? You know what? Maybe Baker shouldn't fumble two quarterback sneaks in like the last three games. We wouldn't have an issue. Um but uh, I, I, I 100% think that if they have those four receivers, they beat the Jets. Like, it's not even not even a doubt in my mind. Oh, for sure. I mean, like I said, they're, they're practice squad guys. Um, he, the, the Browns are having zero uh, – had zero run game. They just weren't able to do it. And, uh, like and they say, just yeah, abandoned it, too, which – Well, I mean, but also, I mean, I feel like they had to. You know, I, when, you're, when you're getting zero – production from it and your offensive line is you know your second and third stringers and baker's running for his life like how i mean chubb and kareem hunter are are good that's the one thing i you know is with those wide receivers being out why don't you get nick Ch- or excuse me uh, kareem hunt involved in the passing game a little bit more you know what i mean split him out in the, in the slot have him you know just just because he's, he's 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 proven you know with kansas city yeah. and with the browns that he can do that you know he can play receiver from the slot and and other spots, you know, uh, you know, on the line of scrimmage, not always coming out of the backfield. So that was one thing I felt like they they could have done more of. Um, but I I feel like abandoning the run when they did was was the right move. But then they went back to it when things started getting a little close. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm. I saw a lot of people complaining that Baker threw it 53 times, and from what I saw, it seemed like they couldn't get any push. So, and that Baker was the only way they had a chance to win the game. So yeah. I'm not complaining about the 53 times um there would have been a couple of spots where we're like okay maybe you take a run here this and that and baker also missed some passes to dudes when they were open there was one i think on the final drive or maybe the second to last one that 
Bradley was wide open on the sideline that he just overthrew um, that he's probably got to hit there. But I think the Steelers are going to rest a ton of dudes this week because they don't have they have nothing to play for. And remember, they haven't had a bye week. They had that week four bye when they practiced the first three days because um, the game got postponed against the Titans. So I think they've all said they're pretty worn out and tired team. So um, I think they're just going to rest a bunch of dudes this week. Yeah, I um, saw that Browns start off like a touchdown favorite or close to it. Yeah, so that would be obviously ideal if they rested. But, uh, yeah, no, look, tensions were high between my dad and I on the phone call after the game yesterday. <laughs> um, uh, I was just – the 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 – the the main gist of it was that this is the same old Browns. Um, and my retort was that the same old Browns, I will, I will allow you to say it's the same old Browns. If they lose next week to the Steelers right now, they could still make the playoffs. So I don't want to hear the same old Browns. Yes, they could have clinched it today. It would have made it a lot easier. Um, but, uh, uh, so it is the Brown. It's the most of Browns thing ever to that. So they got to, they test, the guy test positive on Saturday. Goodson, the linebacker. They were also without two of their starting linebackers, and two of them got hurt. Um, but then the whole wide receiving room is a close contact of of uh, Goodson, which, fine, we're following the NFL rules. But I still don't understand. The NFL rules are so... Talk about week to week. Week to week, yes, of the... so. The Browns had the same rules that the Broncos had. And look, I was pretty clear. Like, if you're not following the rules, whatever, those guys weren't wearing masks. That's why they were all out. I don't know how the Browns, maybe they were, I don't know how they were close. These receivers were close contact with BJ Goodson. But the fact then that Des Bryant on the Tuesday night against the Cowboys has an inconclusive test and is yucking it up with everybody on the field and nobody they say is a close contact because the game's on a Tuesday night on national TV and they want the game to go on because they know if they have enough players out, they're not going to be able to play like just make up the rules as you go because of the TV contracts. Like my God. And we talked about it on Thursday with the lions, the lions wanted the game on Saturday postponed to Sunday. So their coaches would coach. Now are the lions going to beat the, the Buccaneers if they play on Sunday? No, but guess what? They probably don't get beat 47 to 7 if they have their full complement of coaches. It's probably like 35-10 they get beat. Um, but but still like the NFL has to have some leeway. And I guarantee you the amount of people that watch the Bucks Lions was half of it. Like nobody watched that game after the third quarter or the, the after halftime. There was no point. So your whole TV audience thing is is nothing. They're just making up rules as they go. Whatever the TV, the national TV window calls for is what they're going to do. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. Like you say, you, you just really never know what the official call is going to be from the NFL because it's it nothing has been consistent with how they've handled, uh, you know, close contact tracing or, or positive tests or anything like that. So, uh, you know, heaven forbid anybody goes through that week 17 that has some playoff implications because, I mean, honestly, this is probably the week to have some kind of close contact tracing or something because if you do the have holidays. yeah if you if you do have uh some playoff implications maybe the nfl will just kind of turn the other cheek as they as they seem to do uh you know in certain situations so it's it's been very frustrating i know 
for for a lot of people. And it's just uh, you know, it's 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 wild how how wildly inconsistent they've been. Well, they've been inconsistent, but they've also been consistent on that. Whatever is going to happen, like they're playing the games. Right. So they've been inconsistent on how they've gotten to playing the games. But there's one thing for certain that they will play the NFL games. Uh-huh. So that's been the consistent thing. So all right, anything else around the NFL before we uh, move on here? Uh, no, I think that was, you know, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, all, all the. Important oh, no, no, no. One thing. One thing. The Raiders. <laughs> John Gruden, the fact he's got seven years and $70 million left on that contract. He is such a bad coach. And the thing is, I don't even think I don't disagree with him doing what he did and kicking the field goal. Uh, do you? I I think you might be on the touchdown side. Are you? Uh again, I usually fall on the fence on these things. I know it's it seems like a a, a way to to you know uh, take the easy way out. Take the easy way out for sure. But you know, in hindsight's twenty twenty, the fact that he kicked the field goal rather than take the touchdown and they end up losing, uh, you know, is obviously going to be you know the the yeah. the talking point. So I don't know. I think if he has a better quarterback, he doesn't have to make that decision. <laughs> oh, the quarterback brought him <laughs> down the field. Well, not the rep brought him down the field with the pass interference call. But uh, um, the the thing is, what you have, what would you rather have? Would you rather make Miami? I think was going to score a touchdown no matter what, the way the Raiders defense was going. So would you rather give them one minute to score a touchdown or 19 seconds from the 15 pretty much for a field goal? I think it's pretty clear you have to let – with no timeouts, you have to Make take go the second option of 19 seconds and a yeah. field goal because if you tackle them inbounds, they might get a spike and just run one more play for a Hail Mary. Yeah. I just could not believe that they played cover two. And when my buddy was over here and when they lined up in the defense on that first down play at 19, 19 seconds left, I looked at him. I said, you know, everyone hates to prevent defense. I said, I'm like, this is not prevent defense enough. They're not preventing enough. They got two safeties. I was like, I don't like the way this is looking. And of course the, the, the face mask was a real killer penalty. Obviously gave him an extra 15 yards on that, but just, a debacle of the cornerback just letting that dude just run right by you. Yeah. No, yeah, that that that's that's the biggest I think that's the bigger issue is the corners just breaking down. For uh, sure. You know, you can you can go back and put it on that on that Gruden call one way or the other. Uh, you know what I mean? You're trying to get points on the board. If you feel like that field goal is the easier way out, then do it. But uh I mean, yeah, like I said, that the face mask on top of just getting burned. Oh. I mean, that's 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 the real killer right there for sure. Has anybody ever said we're not doing prevent enough? Um, we're not Greg prevent, Williams. Huh, probably Greg Williams. Also, <laughs> another thing too. You think the Jets win these last two games if they if they have Greg Williams as the defensive coordinator? Oh, for sure not. Not at all. So the whole tanking thing—they're not tanking. All right, that's that. I wanted to mention the Raiders because that was just like preposterous. I was just—I was floored. But I had him plus we had him I had him plus three, so I was can't complain uh, about that. All right, how have your bowl we'll shift over to college? We'll give out some bowl picks here. How have your bowl picks been? I am tracking bowl picks separately, but also adding to the card. I am six in uh, six and three in bowl season. I believe I'm eight and three. I'm trying to pull them up right now. They're not pulling up. Um, 
Let me see. Oh, seven and three. Excuse me. I'm seven and three. Okay. Yeah, I'm six and three. 82, 70, and four. 85 and 73. All right. So pretty good in college. How many? Oh, 85, 73, and one. Excuse me. Okay. How many games do you have up until uh, Thursday? Uh, let me see. I got those on a separate deal here. Uh, you go ahead. I'm, pu- I'm pulling these. I up. only have five games. Um, I feel like there should be a bowl game uh, today, but that got postponed. There's also the always weird, we have an 11 a.m. bowl game on Wednesday, then not another bowl game until 7 o'clock. That is going to be the Cotton Bowl on um, Wednesday night because that bowl game in the middle got postponed. I have Miami plus 2.5 tomorrow against Oklahoma State. I also have Colorado plus nine and a half against Texas. I know it could be Sam Ellinger's last game, but I also think Texas has some coronavirus cases that they're not going to announce until Tuesday. So I'll take plus nine. I'm going to take Oklahoma plus three in the Cotton Bowl. 71 is a lot of points. Yeah. Um, Thinking about, don't really like a total there. I'm going to take the under in Mississippi State. Tulsa, that's 47 and a half. That's they got to deal with thunder snow on Thursday over in Fort Worth. So, uh, gonna take the under in the weather conditions. And then I will take Army plus seven. Uh, I know West Virginia took the game, but I just really don't feel like, um, West Virginia is gonna want to deal with that triple option. So, no, for sure I, not. Yeah, there's those what I have there. So, we, we have we have a, a couple, uh, of the same, which is good news for you. Um, so I have, I ha- also good news have in college bad in the NFL. Yes. Yes. Uh, I also have Miami plus two and a half. Um, the uh, Oklahoma state running back, um, uh, Chubba Hubbard. He's, he's opting out. He's going to the NFL. Derek King's coming back for Miami. He's coming back next year as well. So I think Miami wins this game, uh, outright. Uh, I have Wisconsin laying the seven against wake forest. I have Oklahoma uh, also plus three against Florida. Uh, Tulsa minus the two and a half against Mississippi State. I have Ball State covering the nine and a half against San Jose State. I don't feel great about that. San Jose State's pretty good, but I'll, I'll take Ball State there. And then I also have Army plus the seven against West Virginia. They were they were itching and scratching trying to find a bowl game. Uh, they finally got one, uh, and I think they're going to come out ready to play. I think they win this game outright as well. I, yeah, I like Army money line in this um, uh, as well. There. What do you think the? Uh, we'll talk a little Cotton Bowl here. What are you uh, looking forward to on uh, Wednesday night? I'm just looking forward to hopefully a good game. Uh, I I I I don't know what the what the word is. Is Kyle Pitts playing or not? No, he's done. He's, he's not. He's done. Playing. Okay, so I figured that. Um, and and uh, so we'll we'll see how Kyle Trask can do without without him. Um, I think. Uh, you know, I, I just hope it's a good game, really. I think uh, uh, Lincoln, Riley will be able to come up with a good game plan. This Florida defense isn't great. I mean, we saw what LSU's offense is able to do against them. Uh, they were out, I think, two corners to begin with that game against LSU. And so, uh, depending on if, if they're fully healthy come come Wednesday, uh, you know, there's a good chance that OU is able to, to have their way. And we saw Kyle Trask without Kyle Pitts, you know, not the greatest performance against that LSU team. Um, so, uh, I, I just hope it's a good game, not a blowout one way or the other, but, uh, that's, that's mainly what I'm looking for. It's just, just a good competitive game. 
Uh, hope both teams have fun. Um, also, I, I I think this will be a true test to see if Spencer Rattler is any good. You're down on him big time. I don't think he's any good. He's the Oklahoma. You could say he's playing the, some of the best football in the country the last month. Absolutely, month I know you absolutely could say that. Uh, they're you know they're one of the hotter teams in the country right now. Um, but I, I think you know an SEC defense, albeit you know a little banged up. I think they're uh, bad defense though. You know, yeah, you know, an average to below average defense to begin with. I think he'll really, you know, this will, you know, this is going to be the the barometer game, but it'll be a nice test to see how he how he handles, uh, uh, you know, this this big, you know, you can call it a big game. Yeah, it's a big game. Um, I also think the Oklahoma defense, which has been improved this year, this is going to be a big test for them because even though they don't have pits, they still got stud receivers on Florida. Um, and can they match up with that speed on the outside and how the defense is going to, cause this is the biggest test they faced all year defensive or off the defense's face. The big 12 just doesn't have the firepower for the offenses really this year. So I'm looking forward to how the Oklahoma defense can stack up as they've been trying to make great strides in the defense for the past two years. And this is, this will be the culmination of the test of how, how truly good the, uh, the Oklahoma defense is. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's a great point. I, I, you know, I agree. Um, all right, so uh, we'll talk a little NBA here if you want to do that. The Mavs yesterday were up 50 points at the half against the Clippers. Um, after the panic button was getting hit on uh, Friday night after they lost to the Lakers, got blown out by the Lakers um, on Christmas night. Look, we talked about it on Thursday's show. I, I think it's hard to judge what the Mavs are doing before. Porzingis gets back um, and the role players. I love, I like Josh Richardson, like him even more that he's an Arsenal fan and a big time Arsenal fan. Uh, so that's, uh, that's uh, good, but look, they're, they're going to have to gel and, and play together and need Porzingis come back before I could really make any statements on them. Yeah. You heard me last week kind of say as much as well, you know, these, this first week of games, first two weeks of games, I think guys are still, you know, like you said, learning to gel, uh, uh, you know, working out the kinks with with an abbreviated preseason. <clears throat> so it was a nice one to get, obviously, without Kawhi Leonard, but still, I mean, Paul George supposed to be, you know, the big time guy behind him, and and they just absolutely mollywhopped him. Like you said, they they held him to I think thirteen and sixteen points in the first and second quarter, um, and uh, it was it was you know they never looked back, and they were they're filling it up, they're putting the ball in the hoop quite a bit. Um, so, you know, that's obviously a plus, but you know, when you start out the gates with two teams, three team, three teams, really, if you count this Clippers team, but your first two games are against teams that people expect to be, you know, top five, top six seeds in the, in the West. And, you know, you know, that, that, that Suns game was close and, uh, you know, the first half was a rough one for, for Luca, but I mean, the Lakers are, are, are rolling They're They're a, they're a wagon. You know, we saw yesterday, uh, LeBron and Marcus all just, they they look like they already have some good chemistry there. I mean they they the the Lakers are stacked. They're deep. They have some good. They're uh, better there. this year than they are last year. Oh, one thousand percent, one thousand percent they are. Um, so you know they're 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 going to be a wagon and, and you know tough to beat throughout the entire season as long as they stay healthy. So anybody that was pushing the panic button after the Lakers game, uh, you know I think you need to pump the brakes a little bit and uh, like I said, let this play out for a couple weeks. Once we get around MLK Day, uh, you know late January, I think that's when you can finally start team seeing teams teams really you know go into their true form of who they might be the rest of the season but until then like i said you just kind of take these first few weeks with a grain of salt yesterday was a great win to get um i didn't watch any of that game if i'm being completely honest i saw the box score uh at uh, the end of the first quarter and i was like holy crap that's a whooping 
and uh, I just never, I never really flipped it on. Yeah, I was, I didn't, I just saw the score. I was just, they needed to play better though. Like they were, they can still compete without Porzingis. Like that's the thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because, but like Luca hasn't didn't shot hadn't shot well the first two games from three. I thought he would come out to play a little better. Again, guys are getting in their roles and things along those lines. But they needed a win on the on the road trip before, uh, but before they came back home. But my main takeaway from the uh, NBA so far is I hope they are allowing full fans and arenas come the finals when uh, LeBron takes on the Cavs in the finals. Stop the count! Stop the count right now! Stop it right now! Yeah, good the, the, the good times in Sexland. Yeah, the Sexland backcourt's really taking over right now. Three and zero for the Cavs. So, I mean. That's I mean that's a great like I say you, you take these first couple of weeks of grain of salt but three and zero for a team like the Cavs I mean you 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 Whoa. take that you take that and run with it for sure and like all like joking as like Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are playing like really well the whole oh fun times with Sexton and all that I think people aren't really calling it the Sexton backcourt anymore which kind of is frustrating or not frustrating but just come on we got something funny here roll with it but. uh like Darius Garland looks like a completely different player this year. Just control of the backcourt and passing and everything. Like he looks great, but yeah, no, the Cavs. It's here's the thing. Like they're supposed to like. Do you want them to be? They're supposed to be bad. Right. So do you want them to be bad to get the draft pick? But I also feel like, hey, maybe they could get the. Uh, you know, there's that playing game this year. That eight nine. Yeah. And then 7-10. Hey, maybe you could fight for the playing spot. And then the lottery is so chaotic with all the re- reduced odds, you could just hit the jackpot in the lotto. Yeah. But, uh, no, the good thing is to seeing the young players, uh, especially the young backcourt, look much more uh, cohesive together. Um, and then the Suns finally got, or they got another one, I shouldn't say finally. Yeah, uh, they got another win last night against the Kings. It's going to be interesting too. Another thing in the NBA, like gambling wise, is how do you judge the back to backs in the same city? Because didn't they play? They played Sacramento and Sacramento last night again, right? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, they played. Uh, yeah, Sacramento back to back in Sacramento, correct? Yeah. So, like, how do you judge? Like, what's the line going to be? And like, how do you judge that from the night before? Like, I think that's going to be a tough thing to decipher right because usually that's something that you you know take into account is travel or whatever things like that days off you know whatever it may be um so yeah that is gonna be interesting to to see how how we get deeper into the season how cappers handle that yeah because even though you've had back-to-backs you've had back-to-backs too with the same team but like one home and home right like i know the Cavs and pistons have played back-to-backs on a saturday and sunday one in detroit one in cleveland you could see, okay, the home team, whatever, doing this and that, but yeah, it's just, that's going to be fascinating to happen. And one more NBA point before we go, I the Sixers need to trade Ben Simmons. They stink. The, I know Embiid was out yesterday, and he's like the team. He's what makes them go. But Ben Simmons, he's he, use. I mean, he's useless. Yeah, imagine being the Sixers that tank for ten straight years, get four top one picks, and you miss on all of them. Well, I don't know you if you missed on Ben Simmons. He's taking him to the playoffs enough. They didn't miss on Embiid. Um, as far as what he should have been or what he could have been, I think that I think that's a miss on Embiid. He's not a game changer. He's not a team changer. 
You're oh, not, you're this not, is a game changer. You're not you're not riding Embiid to the playoffs. And that's and that's can. and that's not an indictment. That's not an indictment on Embiid. I think that's just more so which way the game's going, you know, as far as basketball as a whole. And I I just don't think that you can, you know, if if this is if this is 2004, oh, Joel Embiid's, you know, a superstar. Superstar, you know, but uh I think the way the, the the game is trending, I don't think he's the type of guy that you say, "All right, let's get on his back uh and let's ride him to the playoffs." I think you can. I think 100%. He's what makes that team go. Hmm. They're lost without him. Right, but are they going to be able to ride him to the finals? Uh, if they get like James Harden with them, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They get Oh, if they get one of the best scores we've ever seen. Well, yeah. What? Okay, how many there's like t- three players that you can maybe ride to the finals in the NBA. Durant, Kawhi, and LeBron. Mm, yeah, okay. I mean, those are the only three guys that have proved it. Giannis hasn't proved it yet. Yeah. No one on Boston has proved it yet. But so, but you look so- at all the but you look at those three guys you just named. They're all dynamic scores. They 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 do a lot of different things. You know what I mean? They 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 can they can shoot, pass, sure. defend, all those things. Whereas Embiid, I mean, he's trying to develop that three a little bit more. He, you know, he's but he's 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 your almost as as close to a true center as we've seen. When I when I'm thinking about him, I'm thinking like 2006 Dwight Howard. Like you're not going to be able to do that. Okay. Well, the, also there weren't as many dynamic wings then as there were now. Right, right, and see that's why that's what I mean by the way the game is going. You can't rely on him like that uh, because of the position he plays and because of the, his style. I get, but okay, but he's he's still a guy that like he's your one a one a or one b. I think you're still fine. You just need someone to compliment him well enough. Hmm, um, okay. But like, how many? Other than the Kawhi beat winning with the Raptors, like, and that was also because Duran blew his Achilles out, and then Thompson, like, how many really is there like one superstar dudes that are yeah, going no, to tie none. Right now? You're right. There's none. You're, that's another thing. And okay, but I've and one one more NBA take. Um, if the Clippers or if the Clippers, if the Celtics don't make the finals, I think Brad Stevens getting fired. It's time. It's time to just part ways with them. You're if you're not doing it this year, you're not ever gonna do it. But what have they added to where the, to where they were better than last year? Nothing. But what what is he going to add coaching wise in his ninth season? That that's yeah. not that's different this year than it was all yeah, the Brad other. Brad has been there nine years or what or uh, seven years or six something Still. like that. Damn, he's been way. there. I think okay, it's not nine years, but he's been there a long, long time. Um, uh. here we'll look it up. He has been the coach of the Sixers, the Celtics since 2013. So we're going on year seven. Yeah. I mean, what's he going to do in year seven that he hasn't done in all the other years? This is the, also this is his same team from last year. He's had a dynamic point guard. This is what the third year of Tatum, the third year of Brown. Like, what more do you want him to do? Yeah. No, yeah, so, you're right. I just think it's 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 uh. And that's not to say he's a bad coach. It's just like with this group, he's not going to be able to do it. For sure. I, I also mean, how, how many head coaches other than Eric Spolstra, you know, are, are winning a title in their first 10 years as head coaches? Ty Lue. Well, <laughs> damn, Frank I'd Vogel. Teed, I'd see that one up for you. Frank, Frank Vogel. Oh, he, he had to have been a coach longer than 10 years. Nick Nurse. All right. Yeah, there you go. All right. So you, you put that you put that to rest real quick. 
Um, okay, you meant Frank Vogel in his full going back to the Pacers. So he won it. He won it in nine years. Okay, no, but I'm saying is what you meant was his their whole career as coaching, right? Um, but how many years was Bulls for the coach there before? I think he might have won it his first year. No, I don't know. No, no, no. I think he was like four years in. Or maybe his second year. Uh, it was the second year of them, but I don't think he 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 wasn't the head coach. Okay, 2008. So 2008. So yeah. So it was his four second years. year. Wasn't it 2010? No, they won in 2012. 2012. Oh, okay, so it's four years. Yeah, the second year of LeBron. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, but yeah, that's like if I think they've already lost the. They've already lost it with Brad Stevens. You're not. Whatever you're getting out of him now, you've lost it. And shout out Chris Mannix for saying, putting a poll up five years ago, who would you rather start a team with, Brad Stevens or LeBron James? <laughs> Still might be the most. But you could pick any player in the NBA, or would you want Brad Stevens? Still might be the most idiotic thing I've ever seen. So if we're looking at Nick Nurse and we're counting his head coaching, he started being a head coach in the NBA slash G League in 2007. So it took him a while to get there. The G League being a head coach there is different than the NBA. Yeah. Um, But that was his first year as an NBA coach. So I think that's when it would be. I mean, I assume Nick Nurse was a head coach before. uh, And like, college somewhere or something like or whatever before yeah he was grandview university in yeah you're not counting, you're not counting grandview university and his head coaching things for an nba title i'm not counting manchester giants either where is that what was that that's that was 98 to 2000 in manchester england oh wow nice overseas coach or the brighton bears brighton is in england i know that yeah that's it's the Brighton Bears. It's not the Brighton and Hove Albion Bears. No, it's, it's just the Brighton Bears. Boy, that's tough. Soccer gets Brighton and Hove Albion. Basketball just gets Brighton. That's must be real tough for the Bears. But uh, all right. Anything else here before we wrap up? Two quick that... things. Okay. Yeah, yeah, two quick things. Uh, we're going to have to get our buddy Colton Heisey on the line uh, because – after the clubs I got on Christmas, I'm probably going to be on the tour pretty soon. <laughs> Charlie Woods, I, watch your back. I'm coming for you. I meant to mention that early on. I saw you got the new clubs. Yeah, the Callaway XR Irons. Uh, pretty dope. I went and hit the, uh, hit the range on Saturday uh, promptly, Saturday morning. And uh, let me tell you, pure. Stripe show? Just absolutely striping it. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Definitely nice. would have hit it over the green at uh, – <laughs> <laughs> So uh so yeah, just be on the lookout for for my cornflower tour debut sometime. Corn fairy. Whatever, corn fairy. Uh you know, we might take 2021 just to get the game right, get the mind right. So 2022, uh, be on the lookout for that. Gotcha. You know what you should do? You should get like one of the nets and put it in the back. Do you have a hitting net for baseball? Uh I don't, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You should do that. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yep. All right, what was your other thing? Um I don't remember. Just that one. All right. I did meant I did uh, mean to mention the clubs beforehand. Was that a father-in-law gift? That was, yeah. Figure I could have guessed. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they uh, they always bring the noise when it comes to Christmas. That's good. Yeah. That is. Uh, 
That's good. Hey, maybe Washington would have won if you would have put the effort into the Washington football team Christmas tree. That's a good point. Very fair. <laughs> I, you know, that's on me. I got to wear that one. <laughs> that's still like, it's still not done. You got a chance at the playoffs still. We do. Yeah. Maybe you need to erect it for this week. We'll come up with something. Maybe if I got to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out. Maybe I got to, maybe I have to burn all of them and sacrifice. No, them. I don't think you got to do that. Well, cause they're all Redskins. Well, you know I, I mean? know, but people are still wearing uh Redskins gear. I bet. Oh, I am. I, I actually yeah. went out and played some flag football yesterday uh, with, with some guys I've never played with. It was just like a random pickup game. And I was wearing a Redskins snapback hat. And this guy comes up to me and goes, you a Redskins fan? And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, man, that's cool. He's like, I've never met a Redskins fan before. I was like, are you? <laughs> I was like, are you a Redskins fan? He's like, no, I'm an Eagles fan. But I've never met a Redskins fan in real life. And I was like, How? oh, I don't know. I don't know, but it was funny because I thought for sure he was like, because like he even like put his hand out for me to like, you know, dap him up. And so I was like, oh, you're, you know, you're a Washington fan too. He's like, oh, no, I'm an Eagles fan. I was like, oh, well, <laughs> but he came up so enthusiastically. It was, it was really funny. Uh, he was excited. Yeah, he was. Excited. But uh, all right. That's going to uh, do it for us here on this Monday. We will talk to you again on Thursday. Hope everybody has a great week. Talk to you then.